Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Or Lean's Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 653. Want to say thanks to Wayne Peterson and Paul Basich from the Birding Community eBulletin. A terrific email newsletter that reports on rare sightings, provides bird watching tips, updates on conservation issues, and a lot more. For sharing this story about the residents of Snellville, Georgia. They were recently the victims of a series of petty crimes involving a pattern of smashed side view car mirrors. When more than two dozen people in Snellville reported the same kind of broken glass mirrors on their cars, police were dispatched to investigate. Their hypothesis was that the damage was likely being caused by young boys with BB guns or possibly vandals running around with hammers smashing the mirrors. But according to Channel 2 Action News out of Metro Atlanta, the culprit was... I know you're probably way ahead of me on this. A pileated woodpecker defending territory against rival birds. Those rivals, of course, being their own reflections in the car mirrors. So at the end of the day, local police reported the case was solved, although the culprit or culprits apparently fled the scene. By the way, some people say pileated, some say pileated, but the reporter for Channel 2 there in Atlanta came up with his own unique way of saying it. Pileated? What was that? Pileated woodpecker. Pileated woodpecker. Okay. Well, we talked a while back about the effect of climate change on sea levels. It has already become a serious problem in many parts of the world, and the recent hurricanes that have caused untold suffering and damage in Texas, Louisiana, Florida, and Puerto Rico offer yet another demonstration of the perils of rising sea levels. But it's not only rising seas we need to be concerned with as an environmental threat. It's also dead seas or dead parts of seas. Right now, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, in the depths of the Gulf of Mexico, there lies an area the size of New Jersey that's so oxygen-deprived that it's almost completely void of all marine life. It's called the dead zone. It isn't new, it's just bigger than ever. Nearly 9,000 square miles. The dead zone has been growing since the 50s when increasing amounts of fertilizer began being applied to agricultural land with that fertilizer flowing downstream into the Gulf. And a new study from Stanford University says that global warming is already making the problem worse. The Gulf of Mexico is, of course, a vitally important area for commercial fishing, especially the shrimp fishery and for recreational fishing as well. Birds, not surprisingly, are affected by this phenomenon too. It's all about something called algal blooms, which are actually a kind of cyanobacteria which leads to the death of shorebirds and wading birds like herons, 
for example, as well as many other creatures that rely on the marine ecosystem for food. Turns out there are many coastal dead zones in the U.S. and around the world, including in Chesapeake Bay, surrounded by Maryland, Delaware, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. But there's some good news there, thanks in large part to the efforts of the Chesapeake Bay Foundation. With 240,000 members backing them, they've made substantial progress in bringing that dead zone back to life. Uh, Check our Talking Birds Facebook page. We'll put up a story there about it. Meanwhile, about 400-some miles northeast of Chesapeake Bay, there's some good news from our hometown of Boston, Massachusetts. Boston, you're my home. City Council is the recipient of today's Talking Birds Conservation Salute. And that's because by a unanimous vote this week, the Boston City Council approved a ban on those pesky little thin plastic bags dispensed often unnecessarily at places like supermarkets and convenience stores and pharmacies. The ordinance, led by councilors Matt O'Malley and Michelle Wu, bans single-use plastic bags in the city and applies a five-cent fee for paper bags and thicker plastic bags. Mayor Marty Walsh has yet to announce whether he'll sign the ordinance, but even if he vetoes it, the council would likely have enough support to override him based on its unanimous vote. By the way, as Councillor O'Malley pointed out, around the world, in one year, how many single-use bags are employed? One trillion in one year. And in the city of Boston alone, 357 million in one year. That's about a million a day. Our man Mike O'Connor pointed that out to me. He's in charge of the math here uh, at Talking Birds. Of course, many of these bags end up in the street, the storm gutters, in trees, entangled in our wildlife and marine ecosystem, often proving fatal to birds and mammals who become entangled in them or swallow them. And even bags that aren't tossed create problems. Just in this one city, 20 tons of these non-recyclable bags are thrown into the city's single-stream recycling each month, causing workers to spend hours every day removing bags that clog up and sometimes damage the equipment. The finalized the Boston bag ban will go into effect one year from now. That there is our mystery bird. A preview of our mystery bird contest coming along a bit later in the show. Wow, we have some fabulous prizes today here in the holiday season. Uh, A beautiful bird feeder from Droll Yankees, as usual. Plus, this could be a bonus prize. We're going to have a bonus quiz question for this. We don't want it to be too easy. Two big bags of birds and beans, bird-friendly, shade-grown coffee, and a huge 12-and-a-half-pound bucket of Audubon Park black oil sunflower seed. That's in our mystery bird contest. You heard the sound of the bird. It's a quite small bird with a dull brown crown, whitish underparts, a gray back and gray wings, and a thin pointed bill. Our bird usually found in the pine forests of the southeast U.S., where it feeds on insects as it climbs headfirst down tree trunks. That is our mystery bird, and that's a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along Uh, just a little bit uh, later in this morning's show. In our blog this week, do you love the European starling? Or do you hate it? Or do you love it and hate it? 
Uh, learn more about how this invasive but interesting bird from across the pond wound up in North America on this week's blog, written by our own Debbie Bleacher, and easily found at TalkingBirds.com. Extra, extra, read all about it. Here are some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. Our man Mike O'Connor sees a yellow-throated warbler in his yard and explains why you want to visit his house on Cape Cod when it comes by. I hope that's correct. I don't want to have... Well, anyway. Uh, if you like seeing hairy woodpeckers at your feeders but don't seem to have any in your yard, fear not, we have a modest solution by way of a webcam video from our friends at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. You can get to it via our Facebook page. And three of our Talking Birds ambassadors have wonderful websites worth visiting, and we'd like to connect you to them, including Christy Draganis' site about the wonderful learning about birds courses that she teaches. She's a bird mentor. Plus, our ambassador Michael Waddell's site about his beautiful handmade birdhouses and bird feeders. And our ambassador Scott Keller's awesome site with all kinds of tips and ideas about how to enhance your enjoyment of watching birds. Bird watching HQ. Sure. Uh, find all of the above and more on our Talking Birds Facebook page uh, right now. My name is James Pertulipak. I'm from Morgantown, West Virginia. I'm fairly new to birding. I love the show and I'm a Talking Birds ambassador. Talkin' Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talkin' Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkinBirds.com, click on the contact button, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. Thank you, James. And thanks to these newest Talkin' Birds ambassadors, Becca Matson from Provo, Utah. She says she just found Talkin' Birds uh, yesterday when she wrote this, and she's cranking through the old episodes she says this is the kind of podcast I've been missing. She also has a former connection to our home state of Massachusetts. She worked at the Monomoy National Wildlife Refuge on Cape Cod for a couple of summers. And we're very Ambassador and Mike O'Connor uh, focused today, aren't we? She says that um, the Birdwatcher's General Store was one of her favorite places on the Cape. And she saw lots of amazing birds while there. And she's already passed... The name of our show on to several people just to make it official. Thank you, Becca. Thank you to Dorina Ademi and Elizabeth Kennedy from East Hartford, Connecticut. Dorina says, I got into listening your show to your show with my partner Elizabeth. We both love birding and anything that has to do with it. Love your show. And this past weekend we went on a bird walk with a local group, and I mentioned talking birds to a couple of people. Not many knew about it. And that's when it hit me that I should become an ambassador to share the love. Thank you, Darina. Elizabeth says, this has been my first year as a birder. I'm a total freshman still. My life has been like a preschool for birding, kind of like pre-birding. Anyway, I've always been participating in my local Audubon's guided bird walks, where I am now, and I love them and the people who enjoy this hobby. What's interesting is when I talk about talking birds, here we go again, barely any of them have heard of this show. This has prompted me for the need to keep handouts on me for these bird walks. She says, cheers, Ray, and the guys behind the scenes. She's talking about you there, Tim. 
And thanks to Alan and Marjorie Parker from Marshfield, Massachusetts. Alan and Marjorie have been spreading the Talking Birds word unofficially for quite a long time now. And we're happy they're doing so officially now as Talking Birds ambassadors. Alan and Marjorie were also among our fellow travelers on our recent trip to the Galapagos Islands. And I hope they won't mind my saying they're also very dear friends now and Talking Birds ambassadors. So, Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join with Alan and Marjorie and Elizabeth and Dorina and Becca in our Talking Birds Ambassadors program and hand out some of our info cards to your friends and associates to spread the word about the show and about birds and conservation. Easy to do, easy to sign up for. Just click on the contact button at TalkingBirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come today, we'll catch up with that Mike O'Connor guy in our Let's Ask Mike segment. Subject, Christmas trees. And now that December is here, we're truly imbued with the holiday spirit. That means in our mystery bird contest, as we mentioned, we'll give away a Droll Yankees feeder, plus sunflower seed from Audubon Park, and coffee from Birds and Beans. Bird-friendly, shade-grown coffee. And up next... The biggest of all the wintering finches is today's featured feathered friend presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. What's a pina colada? No, it's not a Pepsi-based version of the pina colada. It's the genus of two bird species the crimson-browed finch of Asia, and today's featured feathered friend, Pinicola enucleator, the pine grosbeak. It's a colorful winter nomad of the northern forests, which sometimes wanders into the lower 48, although usually just the upper lower 48, except in the west, where it can be found from Idaho to Utah. Its breeding territory ranges from Alaska east to Newfoundland and Nova Scotia and south to the western mountains of California and Arizona. Heavy-chested with a stout conical bill, it's the largest of the northern finches, about 8 to 10 inches long, with a wingspan of up to 15 inches. The male sports beautiful red color on the head, back, breast, and rump with gray sides, belly, and undertail coverts. The female is gray overall, with orange or olive brown on the head, nape, and rump. Both male and female have black tails and black wings with two pale bars. The pine grosbeak's song is a sweet-sounding warble, and it's called a three-note whistle. By the way, Pinicola is Latin for pine dweller, and nucleator refers to the bird's method of extracting seeds hidden within protective cones. In Newfoundland, the pine grosbeak's slow movement and tendency to remain stationary for long periods has earned it the nickname Mope. Meanwhile, a group of grosbeaks are collectively known whether there are 144 or any other number of them as a gross of grosbeaks. Pinicola enucleator, the pine grosbeak. 
Today's Talking Birds featured Feathered Friend. Many thanks again for being with us here on our Talking Birds show. As always, our invitation for you to visit our website, talkingbirds.com. There's no, you notice there was no G in there. It's talkingbirds.com. Um, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Talking Birds. Up next here, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Hello, I'm Ed Begley Jr. And wherever you call home, the sounds of wildlife connect you with a greater family of life. That's why you shudder each time you see woods, marshes, meadows, or grasslands being destroyed. You know that countless birds and other wild animals are losing their homes, the greatest threat to their survival. Among the growing number of threats to wildlife, habitat loss is the most devastating. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust offers a humane solution. Working with private landowners to protect habitat as permanent safe havens for wildlife. When you hear the familiar wild voices you love, remember, your voice is the one that can speak for wildlife and for the land they call home, ensuring that it stays forever wild. To learn more, to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Well, it's the giving season here. We're doing our show live today on the 3rd of December. Our show is live here on Sunday mornings, 9.30 to 10 Eastern. And if you have an Eastern, uh, if you have an internet connection, you can listen to our show live wherever you are, right there at that TalkingBirds.com uh, place. So it's the giving season, so we have some extra special stuff to give away here on our Mystery Bird Contest, which is sponsored by Audubon Park Wild Bird Food. Look for Audubon Park next time you're buying food for your backyard birds. Our prizes this morning, we have a list of them here. Uh, of course, we're going to have a bonus question, so this is not just automatic, although it'll probably work out that way. Uh, our main prize, or our first prize, a Droll Yankees original iconic A6F classic tube feeder invented in 1969 by Droll Yankees founder Peter Killam. And certainly copied by lots of um, bird feeder makers around the world, but it's still the real deal. It's the real item, and it's backed by a lifetime warranty against squirrel damage. Okay, our next prize. This is a, these are our bonus prizes now. Two big bags of delicious birds and beans, shade-grown, bird-friendly coffee, and a huge 12-and-a-half-pound bucket of Audubon Park Black Oil Sunflower Seed. That's the good kind. So, prizes on our mystery bird contest. The sound of our mystery bird is like this. Our mystery bird is quite small, with a dull brown crown, whitish underparts, a gray back and gray wings, and a thin pointed bill. Our bird is usually found in the pine forests of southeast U.S., the southeast U.S., where it feeds on insects as it climbs headfirst down tree trunks. All right, those are the clues and uh, the sound of our mystery bird. Uh, tell us what it is and win some prizes or take a guess and maybe win uh, prizes anyhow because uh, no correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. That's 781-837-4900. And in case you missed it, it's 781-837-4900. Meanwhile... Mike O'Connor down there at the Bird Watchers General Store will be with us 
Let's ask Mike live in just one minute. Our friends at Audubon Park remind us that they're counting on us. It's the time of year when birds really need nutritious, high-energy food to help them cope with cold weather. Look for Audubon Park wild bird food and be confident that you're providing the proper nutrition for your backyard visitors. Audubon Park is family-owned and food safety certified. And for the best photos, news, alerts, and more, sign up for Audubon Park's free e-newsletter sent to your inbox once a month. Sign up at AudubonPark.com. That's AudubonPark.com. Now a word from Birdwatching Magazine. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Whether you enjoy birds in your own backyard or far afield, you'll find information in every issue to help you find, attract, identify, and understand birds. Regular contributors include Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and other birding experts. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Now down to the Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod where sandhill cranes and snowy owls are basking in the eternal Cape Cod sunshine. And Mike O'Connor is down there and he's joining us right now, possibly. Good morning, Mike. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You Boy. never know. Yep, back to back here in the Cape and nice nice job on that plastic bag thing. Good for you that and good for the city of Boston. Because as we say, plastic, uh, bags are for sissies, so we exactly. don't need to use any more bags. No Can't bags. Use. If you want those cheapo plastic bags, don't go to the Bird Watchers General Store. Because you get nothing but a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, yeah, you have sandhill cranes being spotted down there. And some yeah, five, snowy of them, owls. five of them up in Provincetown wow. and snowy owls. We talked about this last week, and I forgot to mention this, but snowy owls seem to be popping up a lot of places. And if you're one of these people that's on your bucket list of snowy owls, you can go to eBird and sign up for a snowy owl alert. Mm. And they'll alert you every time a snowy owl is reported on their site. And maybe you can filter it down more towards your particular area, but it'll help mm-hmm. you keep tabs on that. So that's a good thing because it's, yeah. it doesn't happen every year, so take advantage of it if you want to see these birds. Indeed. Maybe some out on Monomoy Island there, uh, Mike, some snowy snowy owls there. And I mention that because you may have heard us mention earlier on one of our new Talking Birds ambassadors is Becca Matson. She lives out in Provo, Utah. Uh, but now she was a biological science technician uh, out there at the Monomoy Wildlife uh, Refuge, and she used to go to the Birdwatchers General Store to purchase trinkets and things. Well, you know that that Becca is a smart individual. Boy, she was, she was well, she's one of even my favorite Beckers of all time. Exactly, and she's even smarter because she bought a CD of Birdsong while she was there. Uh, yeah, so, now she's a, yeah, yeah. Now she knows her calls, and um, she's studying the birds of uh, Provo. And she says that uh, um, you need a few more roseate turn items stocked there to get those Monomoy folks going, because they have the oh, roseate turn the colony there, right? <laughs> No, they're out there. There's a few, and they're, you know, they're very much endangered. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, it's on the Massachusetts license plate. A lot of people don't know that, but that's, mm-hmm. um, you can get that. So that's cool. Well, good job, Becca. And the, the birds are better because of all her hard work. And I know the bird. Um, I don't know how many turns there are in Utah, but I'm sure she's taking care of them anyway. <laughs> all right, but we want to talk about Christmas trees today. You have some opinions or an opinion about. Uh, we should buy an artificial tree, those of us who are buying Christmas trees, or we should buy a real one? Well, you know, it's funny, because I've always, I'm, I'm an old guy, so I've always gone traditional with a real tree, and one day I, I thought, you know, maybe these people who have always been blasphemous and had an artificial tree were more environmentally sound people, because I'm always looking to try to do that, so I 
Mm. I looked into it a little bit, and no, I turned out I was right the first time around. Real trees are actually more environmentally sensitive. Mm. Uh, I, I, just about every re- website I checked out kind of supported this, that uh, artificial trees are usually produced overseas made of PVC, and they last longer, but not forever. They last like five or six years, and then they then they have to be disposed of, mm. and you have to get a new one with a... The, the real trees, they're grown locally, more often than not, they're, um, they're grown in that kind of a niche field where it's not the deep woods, it's not the farmland, but it's that area that they really can't grow anything else on. Mm. So they put the, the tree farms out there, and they, they you know, get the CO2 out of the air. Um, they provide habitat for, for grouse and, and, and gross beaks. As you mentioned earlier, mm. I saw uh, gross beaks up there in Newfoundland on pine trees. Those uh, pine gross beaks, uh, bluebirds love them. Woodcocks love that habitat. So it's an important habitat hmm. to save. Um, and more. And then when you when you get a Christmas tree, first of all, it's fun, right? You go out on a night with the family. Uh, of course, we have to argue which is the best tree, but it's still a nice family outing. And there's not many family outings left anymore. So picking out the Christmas tree is is always kind of fun. And then after the holiday, a lot of towns will uh, pick up your tree and they'll recycle it by. Um, They'll, they'll chip it and for mulch that people can use. Or you can keep your own tree, and what we do is we stick it aside near the bird feeders and give the place a little, the birds a uh, place to land on when they go back and forth. So, there, yeah. yeah, so keep, keep with the real trees. It turns out it's a good thing after all. Yeah, and don't tr- try not to block up all the windows of your car if you're carrying that tree on your roof. Or, 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 or don't keep, put it in the car while you're driving. It's even worse. That's painful. <laughs> Mike, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds great. All right. Bye-bye. Back here at the Mystery Bird Contest, trying to identify this mystery bird. It's quite small with a dull brown crown, whitish underparts, a gray back and gray wings, and a thin pointed bill. Found in the uh, pine forests of the southeast U.S. where it feeds on insects as it climbs headfirst down tree trunks. What would that mystery bird be? We have a batch of prizes here, and uh, who is our first caller, Tim? I think it would be, um, uh, is it Colin? In Toronto, Canada. Hi, Ray. Hello, Colin. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are things in Toronto? A little dreary this morning, but otherwise just fine. All right. Well, we have a little sunshine here. We try to export it up to you there if we can. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. What about our mystery bird there, Colin? Uh, what do you What do you think? I believe it's a brown-headed nuthatch. It certainly sounds like one, and it looks like one, and hey, it is one. Brown-headed nuthatch. Absolutely correct. Nice, nice job. Awesome. You win. You win that beautiful Drill Yankees um, A6 Classic tube feeder. How about that? That's great. <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> Maybe you'd like to go for our bonus prizes. What do you Let's think? Do it. All right. The bonus prizes are two big bags of delicious birds and beans, shade-grown, bird-friendly coffee, and a huge twelve and a half half-pound uh, bucket of Audubon. Park black oil sunflower seed. That's what he meant to say. Okay, here's our bonus question. Blanks are the world's top predators, consuming between 400 million and 800 million metric tons of other creatures each year. Who are they, Colin? Is it A, tigers, B, birds, C, spiders, or D, the guys who come over to my house to watch Monday Night Football. <laughs> so, uh, who are those big consumers? 
I'm going to have to go on out a limb and say birds. Birds. Uh, what do you think, Tim? Tim is the arbiter on this. Is it? Oh. You can blame Tim for that uh, downer thing there. No, actually, the answer was uh, spiders. Isn't that incredible? That gives wow. you an idea how many spiders. There's a lot. There must be at least 100 of them out there. Spiders was the answer, but uh, Tim, should we uh, award the prize nonetheless to Colin? Sure, why not? All right, you have uh, won those bonus prizes too. Colin, stay on the line and get your address and send you all those prizes. Okay, thank you, Ray. Thank you, Colin there in Toronto, Canada, correctly identifying our mystery bird as the brown-headed nuthatch. Are we out of time, Tim? I uh, I believe we're pr pretty close uh, to it. So uh, thank you so much for being with us. We want to uh, encourage you to join our Growing Ambassadors program, uh, folks. We have lots of folks uh, joining up. If you're in Delaware or New Mexico or Montana or North Dakota or South Dakota or New Mexico, we especially love to hear from you. Those are states uh, in which we still don't have a Talking Birds ambassador uh, residing at the moment. Just go to our website, TalkingBirds.com, to sign up. Thanks to Mark Duffield, Debbie Bleacher, and our engineer, Tim McKenney. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com.